Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next page of Shania's Audio Diary, a podcast where I unpack and work to detach from the past, current triggers, and unhealthy behaviors to work towards better relationships, greater faith in the Lord, and the woman that I've always dreamed of being. A girl's prized possession is her diary, and I hope that you'll enjoy reading mine. I'm your host for this podcast, Shania Belcher. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Shania's Audio Diary. I went on a completely unplanned three-month hiatus, but I took some much-needed time for myself. I learned a lot about myself, uh, about my current relationships with God, with others, and I'm excited to share all about it with you. Today's diary entry is about nurturing confidence by first through acceptance. This means accepting and loving myself for who I am, letting go of what I can't control, and maybe healing an abandonment wound in the process. We also have a lot of catching up to do. We haven't talked all summer, so let's get started. Relationships. This summer was filled with quality time uh, with friends and family and, well, working at Edward Jones. I did some traveling, celebrated some loved ones, and spent a lot of nights at 54th Street. (laughs) In June, I went to Louisiana to celebrate the life of my great uncle James on my biological mother's side of the family. It wasn't under the best circumstances, but I really enjoyed spending time with my family. That same weekend, I celebrated McKenzie's life as well, and it was a bit of a whirlwind. Um, Just to give you a backstory without getting too much into detail. Um, After great observation, as well as I believe like most families are, I think that there's a lot of trauma that hasn't been acknowledged, unpacked, and dealt with. And unfortunately, in my case, I know that a portion of it stems from my adoption. And there was a part of me that didn't feel accepted, or seen, or understood by both of my biological and adopted mother's sides of the family, because of the separation, um, which led to the differences in behavior, thinking, communication, upbringing, etc. However, different doesn't always mean toxic, Um, doesn't always mean bad, doesn't always mean that it's not for me, but I do understand now that it will take some time to learn and figure out how to create and maintain that relationship because, well, we're different. I think I wanted to let that side of the family know that I do love them and I do want to be a part of the family and I would subconsciously try to flip off the Belcher switch and turn on the Hawthorne one because for a while it seemed to be celebrated. Um, We didn't always have to relive or discuss things that are uncomfortable, like how I wasn't raised around my crazy cousins or how I'm my biological mother's mini me, how I didn't 
know how to eat crawfish or how I wasn't there to dance with Uncle Amos and Uncle James in the living room. That's minor details. But that weekend, um, the weekend of Uncle James homegoing, was where I showed up as just Shania. After the service, all of the family went to my cousin's house and sat out in the front yard. Music blasting. Cars pulled up on the side of the house. My aunties are dancing. There was some liquor involved. And a game or two. And a cooler full of crawfish. I panned the entire scene a good two times. And I just envisioned my future husband and my kids being apart. But then the sun began to set. The mosquito repellent that I doused my body in started to wear off. And my puff had already shrunk from the humidity. Okay? First of all, Louisiana mosquitoes are different. You want to talk about different? That's different. I felt every bite attempt. One of my uncles came up to me joking about how this isn't my scene. And yeah, I was ready to take a shower and lay it down. But I laughed and I told him about how I hope that my future family will get to be a part of this someday. He asked me if I could see myself marrying a country man. And after thinking about it for a second, um, <laughs> I thought, why not? My older sister, who I've known before I knew she was my sister, then pitched in her two cents by saying, Shania's not finna marry no country man. She's not built for that life. Triggered. I was doing so good, you know? And 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 then I'm I'm thinking to myself, like, you know what? I never stick up for myself. So I told her that she don't know a thing about me and what I'm built for. And I reminded her again after it seemed like she wanted to revisit her comment with my uncle a couple of feet away after I already walked away a few minutes later. Um, I know that my uncle saw it as some banter between two sisters, but I honestly felt attacked. I felt like I felt like I was rejected. I spent uh, the next week or two trying to unpack why my sister's comment made me so mad. Maybe it was the she's not built for that part. As if I was an unwelcomed guest. Like here I am, I'm trying to bond with an uncle and my sister just had to make me feel so different. There's parts of my being that I've often try to suppress for the sake of one's comfortability comfortability, and to prevent people from leaving me. I've been told that I'm too emotional and I talk like a white girl. And when I would respond, I would get called sensitive because the comments were intended to be masked as jokes. Um, I would suppress my faith and my love for God. I would be so closed off emotionally just to have so-called friends and or family around. But if I'm not accepting myself for who I am and all that comes with it, 
How could I want somebody else to? I also learned that I cannot control how my sister or anyone else for that matter really thinks or feels about me. I am only responsible for me, how I feel and what I think and how I respond. Easier said than done, right? I struggled this summer with my response to stressful situations because my main goal was to address the situation at hand and to make sure that I would be heard. Um, I had a disagreement with another sister that I'm very close with. It was our first disagreement um, over some misunderstandings during my birthday weekend. At the time, my sister and I weren't direct with each other about our feelings because we both didn't want to hurt the other person. The situation at hand had gone on for much longer than it needed to. So when that door opened, there was miscommunicated expectations of each other. We weren't hearing each other out. And I was very upset at her because she withdrew herself and her feelings from the conversation. Conversation? From the conversation. Triggered. Triggered. I felt, I felt abandoned. Um, personally speaking, it's not often that I have encountered people who are willing to work it out with me. I, I've always, I, I describe it like um, two people in a boxing ring. I feel like I'm always the first person ready to duke it out so we can move forward and get back to our relationship. But if the other person didn't want to get in the ring with me, it feel like they didn't value the relationship as much as I did. Um, in the heat of the moment, I tried to work. The phone, the phone is ringing. The phone, we'll leave it there. There's an animal in trouble. There's an animal in trouble. There's an animal in trouble somewhere. In the heat of the moment, um, I tried to word my words very carefully so my sister would just hear me out. And I was like scrambling, thinking of like how I could tell her how I felt in the most gentle way possible because. Well, the setting took place during my birthday weekend, and I felt like my feelings were justifiable because it was my birthday. And I think that coming from someone who know, who now knows that she has a voice, I, I've been a little too determined to use it. I felt that our relationship was off months ago. I, I felt like I waited for her to address the issue because I know, I know how it feels to let your feelings fester. But no matter what I would have said, I realized that I had no control over how she feels or thinks. I had no control over the fact that 
maybe she wasn't ready to have that conversation. And we were on two different types of time. <sighs> um, it didn't mean that she doesn't love me or that I was a bad person. But maybe that's just where we're different. I think that the passion that I have for the relationships that I have and the passion that I have for communication and emotional intelligence and for empathy and the passion that I have for human connection and the passion that I have to maintain and improve in the relationships that I have with those tools that I have is part of what makes me, me. Maybe a huge part, actually. I think that the willingness that I have to love others so freely is part of what makes me, me. And I also think that I had to start pouring back into myself in order to see that and accept that. Something that really sucked about this summer was learning that I still had some relationships that survived off of me constantly pouring into them. Where I fought myself for that, though, is by letting those people think that this was okay, by constantly maintaining communication, constantly initiating plans. I'm constantly confiding in them, and all they had to do was go out to eat with me. <laughs> um, all they had to do was give me company. I realized that they're not people that I go through life with, and I settled for com compartmentalizing them into the hand few of people that I can just do things with because it was better than being alone. Until one day, I just really wanted to go to the movies. I didn't want a single ounce of alcohol. I didn't want to be in a bar scene. I wanted to go to the movies and I took myself to the movies and I had an amazing time. And then I went again and again, and I noticed that I didn't hear from those friends anymore unless I called them. I felt down about it at first because I thought to myself, like, am I really still begging for companionship or genuine connections at my big age? Tuh. I began to pour into those relationships that's pouring back into me. The people that I am going through life with and the people that I am going through life with and every memory that has been made since then has been so much sweeter. The laughter is genuine. There's no drama and it's been immensely peaceful. So peaceful that I was sick all last week with a really bad cold and when I got better, all I wanted to do was just go out and do something. I wanted to get out the house. I'm looking up getaway trips and texting my cousin Bree, and the house was just so quiet. And I had this itch to be impulsive. And I'm like, okay, Shania, think about your choices. Think about your choices. Make good choices. And I'm giving myself a pep talk, and then it dawned on me. I am bored. Okay? I am so used to chaos, and nothing's been happening. So I'm bored. I finished having my epiphany. I deleted hinge quickly. I retwisted my hair and I made some tacos and then I took my pretty self upstairs. 
because child please <laughs> child please you're bored I used to be so terrified of being alone but honestly being alone is where I've made the most progress because all that other stuff doesn't matter and what I chose to shift my focus on is my relationship with God and being happy with me. And I'm pretty happy with me. Faith. Okay. One thing that I've learned in my relationship with God is that God can be many things to you. He became my father first, then a healer, then a friend, then a protector. And it's because it's, listen, it's because the main line is in my room. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> and, um, I can't ever look back and say that God wasn't there for me in some way, in some capacity. But I did become a little discouraged recently because I have seen God do outstanding things in people's lives. And I felt like he's always helped me get by with mine. Life has thrown me some curveballs. Um, a couple that almost knocked me out the park. And he's held my hand through all of it. But... And I hope that I'm not um, sounding ungrateful. But I want to experience the goodness of God in my life too. I want my world to be flipped upside down in good ways this time around. Even though I'm not even sure what that would look like. Um, to me, to me, my life wasn't going to start until I became a wife and a mother because of all the ways that I plan to change my life and set a precedent for precedent for my future family and their lives. And that's been a dream of mine for years. I've vented to God countless times about it and it has caused me to be impatient at times. I've tried to speed up the process a couple times now, and it's never worked in my favor. Um, so I gave him that dream completely. But I don't want to limit myself to just that anymore, because I never stopped and considered, what if my life begins before that? And then it just becomes a question of, what would that look like for me? I will say I've had to become very mindful of who I vent about that stuff to and who I share it with. Oh, I just shared it on the podcast, but because I, I have friends and family who I love dearly and we share different values. I'm not talking about walks of life. I'm talking about values. Um, a hard pill that I had to swallow was that everybody in my life does not need to understand me accept me and see me. That goes for my worth, my dreams, my values. It doesn't mean that we can't still have a relationship, but there are some things that we just can't walk through together. 
I didn't realize that I would have to start protecting that because everybody's not going to get it and that's okay. However, I have faith that God is going to do something big and different in my life and I'm holding on to it. At Tribe, the young adult ministry in my church, we've been in the middle of our breakthrough plan, which is a plan to change our choices and turn our dreams into a breakthrough based off the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, verses 11, 32. It consists of short-term goals, long-term goals, and a couple of visuals with charts, stencil stickers, and pink rhinestones, if you're anything like me. I, (laughs) a couple of pauses in mine, because I've gotten distracted emotionally and mentally. And not too long ago, my youth pastor, he asked us what are our fears about completing the plan. I had shared with him in the class that my fear was things not going according to plan. But what I meant to say is that I don't believe in myself to get these things done. Um, I was in that space of not wanting to do things my way because that hasn't worked for me in the past. I also didn't know how to do things God's way and work towards my goals, which is how I ended up at Edward Jones in the first place. And I learned that when I get scared, I stop in my tracks and I don't run the other way. I just don't move. And that's actually the complete opposite of what God is asking of me in this season. Because that three month I that three month hiatus that I went on with the podcast technically shouldn't have even happened. But I do I think that it needed to happen? Yes, because then I started to look around and I felt anxious because I was in the same spot that I was in at the beginning of the year. And I have all these goals that I want to accomplish, but I was just standing still. Sometimes our choices are the reason why we find ourselves in the positions that we're in. It's not always God's fault. It's not always another person's fault. Sometimes it's us. And now that I've recognized where I am, it's time to move. The last paragraph. Before we turn the page, I want to wish my daddy a happy heavenly birthday. You are always, always, always missed and loved very much. If you're listening to this audibly and you'd like to watch the podcast online, you can now watch this episode on my new YouTube channel called, you've guessed it, Shania's Audio Diary. And if you're watching this episode online and you've enjoyed chatting with me today, Please give this episode a thumbs up. Please leave a nice comment and don't forget to subscribe. I can't wait to write the next page with you. I'll see you next time. Bye.